0: Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Guys, we're continuing our series on living for God in an ungodly culture. We've been in the book of Daniel over the last two months. We've been establishing God's call for us to stand. God's call for us to be what He's called us to be. God's call for us to submit to his word versus an ungodly culture. And so we've learned from Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've learned that when, when, who, these guys were under incredible pressure and they chose not to bow. But they lived their lives out of their love and obedience to God. Now I want you to remember that they were taken from Israel with the whole nation of, of Israel to become enslaved in Babylon. So we know this, that these men, these young men that we were looking at, and Daniel as he gets older, they chose God's truth over the, the propagated agenda of the Babylonian culture. Even when pressed for a consequence, if you don't bow, if you don't submit, if you don't do what we say, we're going to cancel you, we're going to kill you. Even in the face of that pressure, they chose to remain true to God. Not out of defiance, but out of their love and submission to the Word of God and the God of their forefathers and the God of their lives. And we've learned and we've been encouraged to do that. And God's calling the church, fresh and new into into this new season that God has for us as a church, to be a church that stands. To be a church that truly elevates the Word of God over our desires, over our, our thoughts, over our impulses. When we come to Christ, our impulses and our minds don't tell us what to do. The Word of God tells us how to live our lives. And so we saw these men say yes to God and say no to the agenda of culture. And I want to remind you, as they were in Babylon, they were not the only people of God in Babylon. They weren't the only ones. You remember that. They were were there with, with the whole nation of Israel. So there were other people of God And when the whole kingdom was demanded to bow to something other than the one true God, we find only a few standing. Only a few. And what we've seen throughout culture and throughout this series is that the indoctrination of a worldly culture has made its way into the people of God, into churches. Where churches now promote and celebrate that which God calls sin, they celebrate it and call it okay. They call it good, and where for many people, as you stand on the word of God, because you stand, you, you are now called hate, hateful, and so we've seen this agenda make its way. Come on, it's no secret. The, the series was to expose the strategies of the enemy, to render God's people useless, but I want you to remember something as you choose to stand as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood in Babylon with other people of God who we didn't see standing, I want you to remember that in those few that remain, those who bowed to culture disappeared into history. Those who refused to bow changed history. Wait, listen, we don't have the names of those who bowed. But 3000 years later, we are still talking about those who did not. This is what God is doing in his church in this hour. He's looking for a church and a people to say, "I will not bow." Young people, church, I want you to remember as you walk with God, you're going to see those around you, even in your youth group, in your church, in your school. Those who are walking with you slowly be consumed and swallowed into the abyss of conformity to culture. And while they turn on you, because that's what this is what happened, as as culture swallows them into their the the dark belly, the biles of culture, they're gonna turn on you. They're gonna shout at you, they're gonna claim you are hateful, you are unloving, you are irrelevant. You are not like Jesus and tell you they are the ones doing God's work and making a difference by conforming to the demands of an ungodly culture. And you're going to have to watch, just like I have in my own life with people that I know. You're going to have to watch with a broken heart as their purpose, their impact, their lives, their destiny, their identities are replaced by their new puppet master culture. But there will always be a remnant that remains, friends. And I believe that God's calling the church of Jesus Christ to serve him out of love and out of obedience, not defiance to an ungodly culture. No. To serve him out of commitment to him. To reject the agenda of culture and submit to the agenda of God's word. That we would choose and we would be a church that decides we will be a Daniel. We may be flawed, we may have areas of brokenness, we may, we may not be perfect, but we choose to be a Daniel. So we've learned how to stand in the face of pressure. But I want you to know something today, God did not save you and call you just to stand. But I wanted to take two months and establish the indoctrination, to establish the enemy's strategy, To establish and for you to open your minds and have some clarity on what the word says. We needed to establish this. But also, friends, we're not just called to stand. We're also called to reach the ungodly culture that God has placed us in the midst of. But you can't reach a culture. You you cannot distinguish yourself if you look just like culture. So we needed to determine in order to follow Jesus... You're going to look different than an ungodly culture, amen? In order to be a church of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is going to return for as his bride, we need to actually want to be and follow him and follow his ways and submit to his word. And so that's what God is doing. And it's been great for all of us to kind of get a little wake-up call, you know what, God's called me to stand, but friends, he's also called you to reach. We are to understand that we are to reach those around us. And so today, it's a reminder again, ungodly culture is not the enemy, but they are victims of the enemy that you're called to serve. You're called to reach. So we lean in a little bit further today. And we're going to talk about reaching those who are lost in an ungodly culture. You know, they come in all shapes and sizes, the lost. In our minds, when I tell you, hey, there's, we're called to reach people that are lost, usually it looks like someone who's different than us. For some reason, we have a picture of these people who are lost. Today, I, I wanna look at a man who had a house, he had a job, he was rich, probably not the type of person that you would think was a victim of the enemy. But we find that his house, his money, his job, his prestige, his, those he ran with, officials that he was able to be with and feel important, did not satisfy him. He was empty, he was broken, he was hurting in need of Jesus. That is the culture that's around us. They are in need of Jesus. The only answer to their life is Jesus. The only answer to the broken and to the hurting is Jesus. That's it. And so let's lean in a little bit today and look at how Jesus reached ungodly people in an ungodly culture. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree, fig tree, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. A little explanation of Zacchaeus. Verse 2 says he was a chief tax collector. Now, just a reminder, he probably did not get this chief tax collector title by being a man of integrity. This is not how it worked. What tax collectors did is they worked for the Roman government. They worked for Roman government. Their job was to propagate Roman agenda. And they oppressed Jewish people. That's what Zacchaeus did. And so he became chief tax collector because he was the most aggressive. The one who robbed the most. And if you collect over what Rome told you to collect, you get to keep the difference. So here is a man who was wealthy. Here was a man who was, is, is, he's, he's. He has ripped off God's people for his own purpose. He has been propagating the agenda of an ungodly culture, Rome. So you need to understand that Jewish people were under the rule of Rome. They were oppressed by them. They took their freedoms away of the Jewish people. The rights away, the rightful occupants of Israel, Rome took it away. It was the oppressing culture on the people of God. So how to compare that with somebody we might think of today and just to maybe raise a little emotion in you to understand on a natural comparison for us, Zacchaeus would have been like a a Nazi sympathizer during World War II. But the Jew, Zacchaeus, was forcing the agenda of Rome upon God's people and God's land and they despised him, they hated him. Listen, this would not be a guy you would invite into your home nor would it be a guy you want to be seen with because he was, he was a lost cause. You don't want to hang with him. He was propagating. He was used of an ungodly culture to propagate their purposes. And the truth is this, we all have Zacchaeus in our lives who are propagating an agenda from an ungodly culture. All of us do. Could be a person who's, Implementing sex education, promoting promiscuity and homosexuality and transgenderism and the removal even of gender. Could be an individual whose goal is to remove a church's right to be able to hire staff and make staffing decisions based off of biblical beliefs. Could be an individual that's trying to change uh, the accreditation process for Christian education. That you won't be accredited unless you teach certain philosophies from an, that ungodly culture. It could be a neighbor. could be a co-worker. could be a family member that's, been, that's being used and recruited by culture to do its bidding. To enforce it. To push it down the throats of God's people. Listen, Zacchaeus is anyone in our lives propagating the agenda of the enemy. Propagating anything that is anti God or against the Word of God. Zacchaeus, for most Christians, would be written off. You wouldn't wanna hang around them, wouldn't wanna see them, wouldn't wanna reach them. They're lost. Well, turn them over to their sin. Let them go. Let God deal with them. But here we have Zacchaeus, who he didn't, now I want you to catch this, he didn't want to just see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Were these things said about Jesus actually true? Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, maybe even seen people who encountered him, had heard the stories of lame people then being healed or seen an individual that came in contact with them and they, be, before they looked like one thing. And after they encountered Jesus, the countenance on their life was different. He was curious. And here's a man who was looking to see who this Jesus is. And he knew something was different about it. listen on all accounts for Zacchaeus he was lost. He had he was a puppet of culture. Didn't care about God's people, didn't care about God. If he did, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. He's taking advantage of God's people. He's trying to get them to conform and punish them. And he for sure wouldn't care about Jesus. So, how do we reach those who are lost in a godly culture? Let's learn from Jesus in this passage. Number one, first off, we we cannot and don't assume someone doesn't want to know who Jesus really is. You can't tell, friends, if someone is wanting to know about Jesus or not. You cannot tell. You don't have spiritual x-ray vision. You don't know. And it can be easy to assume because everything about their life seems anti-what the Bible stands for, seems anti-Christian, seems anti-godly beliefs as they are propagating and pushing an agenda that is against Christians, against God's order, against what God set up. But you cannot assume That they don't really want to know if what Christians say about Jesus is actually true. We cannot assume. Zacchaeus wants to figure out who this Jesus is. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Now we don't know what brought him to this place. We don't know. Maybe it was his own conscience. Maybe he was tired of going to bed hurting and broken and empty. Maybe he, he, he was tired of being known as a traitor. Maybe he was, he, that which he thought was going to satisfy him, he got all the money, he got the house, he got known by the Roman officials, and he was empty and he was broken. That which he thought would satisfy him, he found himself totally unsatisfied. Now he's looking, he's like, I need something. I got a hole in my heart that I can't fill with anything in the world. I'm empty. This is like a lot of people in our lives. We think they're lost cause. We think they're gone. You don't know the emptiness that's in their hearts. You don't know how broken they are. Listen, we know we have friends who don't know Jesus. We know friends who are, who, who are letting culture tell them this is what will give you real meaning. This is what will give you real purpose. Come on, be yourself. Follow your desires, your impulses, your attractions. That will make you satisfied. But as they walk down that road, we know that they are hurting, they are broken, they are filled with emptiness. They are filled with a, with a spiritual bankruptness that nothing can satisfy in the world. And they're going to come to that place. That's Zacchaeus. He's empty. So he's wanting to see, can Jesus satisfy? Now here's the deal with Zacchaeus, he's got a problem. He's trying to see who he is, but he's, 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 he's in a large crowd. He's a shorter guy and he can't see over them. So he runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs up a tree. And he's trying to see Jesus just like any kid would be doing. I'm sure all of us grew up climbing trees, maybe falling out of trees. <laughs> Maybe that's what's wrong with me. i fell out of too many. I promise you that. But it's normal probably in these days you'd walk along Jesus walking with the crowd and you'd look at a tree and there'd be these kids up there. But it's a little strange to look up and see a grown man with an expensive robe in the midst of kids hugging a tree trunk trying to see Jesus. This man was desperate though. He wanted to see who Jesus really was. And I'm sure, think about this, those who were with Jesus, that look, there's there's Zacchaeus. He's an enemy of God. He's an enemy. He's pushing his agenda. He doesn't care. What What he's doing is oppressing God's people. Jesus is healing God's people. Zacchaeus destroys the lives of God's people. Jesus is meeting us and Giving us hope. Zacchaeus is an enemy of God. And I don't know what he's doing here. He certainly doesn't love God. He certainly doesn't care. He, yeah, maybe he can be on the outskirts, but he, listen, he's not worthy to even be here. He's not worthy to meet Jesus. He's, he, is a, he is a man who was consumed with an ungodly culture and trying to propagate it and put it on God's people. Which brings us to number two, as we're reaching people in ungodly culture, reaching the lost, you cannot assess if someone is worthy of meeting Jesus or not. Hey, real quick, this is not your call. Because if it was, you would have been written off a long time ago as well. You can't assess, regardless of how consumed with ungodliness an individual is. You cannot assess if someone is worthy of meeting Jesus. In verse 5 it says, When Jesus reached the spot, the spot. This was an intersection of the divine sovereignty of Jesus and the spiritual bankrupt heart of Zacchaeus. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm going to stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him godly. We don't know a lot about Zacchaeus. But something that we realize in this passage is that Jesus sees things that we do not see. Amen? Jesus sees things in people's lives that we do not see. This man knew he had made mistakes. This man knew That he was looking for something else that could satisfy him. And when Jesus called his name, look, he responded immediately with gladness. Just the voice of Jesus made him feel like this is, I'm looking for something. And God, friends, has put people in your life, and I want you to catch this today. And everything out of their mouths... And what they post on social. And what they say about who God is. To us says, I don't want to know about Jesus. Everything. And then we sometimes can make the terrible mistake. We make a decision in our hearts. They're too far gone. They could just be turned over to sin. Let them burn. But friends... Our job is not to stand and create our own bubble and be grateful that that we're saved and then keep everybody else away. Our job is to stand and to reach. Our job is to reach people in an ungodly culture. It's not to assume if we know that they want to hear about Jesus or not. It's not to assume that they are worthy of knowing Jesus, or to make that assessment. Our job is to call people to Jesus, just like Jesus called Zacchaeus to himself. That's our job. That's what we're called to do. Stand and reach. But this this issue that's going on here in this passage created, created an issue with the people of God. When Jesus called him to himself, they began to complain. Verse 7 says, all the people saw this and began to mutter. Anybody ever heard somebody mutter? It's an interesting word, huh? Mutter. And they, said, they say this, he has gone to be, with the, to be a guest of a sinner. Think about, think about this for a second. People who are following Jesus, the God made flesh, Jesus. We're questioning Jesus' judgment. The one who knows all. All All-powerful, all-knowing. Yeah, but Jesus, you don't know Zacchaeus like I know Zacchaeus. Your knowledge is flawed. Mine is actually better than yours. But Jesus, Zacchaeus ripped me off. Zacchaeus ripped my... My grandmother, nobody messes with my grandma. You hear me? Listen, Zacchaeus was propagating the agenda of Rome. Matter of fact, he even deceived one of my relatives. Jesus, you don't know what you're doing. I do. He is not worthy to meet you. But as you know, Jesus doesn't see us or others as the enemy, he sees us as the reason he actually came to the earth. He sees our where the enemy has drug us away by its indoctrination and deception and seduced us into thinking that we are doing something great with our lives. He came to deliver us from the grip of hell itself. That's why he came. No, no man or woman has ever gone too far that the grace of God cannot reach and save that's the truth, and that's, that's for us as well. Jesus doesn't see us as enemy. He came to forgive us, to set captives free from bondage. That is what he came to do. We are called to stand, but we're also called when we come into the kingdom to live righteously, yes, but we are to be like Jesus. Point number three, to seek out those lost Point number three, to seek out those, who were lo- to seek out those lost in, in your life so that they may be found. This is why you were saved, friends. To seek out the lost. Now listen, we have come through a season of church culture, maybe the last 20 years, that says in order to show love to the lost We need to act like the lost. In order to show love to the lost, we need to celebrate sin and say, it's okay. Churches are doing it today. They're celebrating sin. You go to the website, they're they're propagating and saying, it's all good. And so people confuse actually standing for truth but also reaching the lost. And what has happened in our Christian culture is that the church has lost credibility and lost its authority to be able to reach those who were lost. You must be distinct. You must must lean in. You must live your lives like Jesus did. He never compromised. But he was with sinners to reach them. He didn't befriend them for the purpose of just hanging with them He was on a mission. He was on a purpose. He didn't hang with those who were broken and hurting. So he can can just say, it's okay, you're not broken and hurting. He didn't hang with the law so he can say, it's okay, you're not lost. Friends, God has called us to stand. He's called us to be men and women of the word. Men and women who live righteously. And then from that, we are able to serve those who are around us. That's what Jesus did. And the problem today is that Christians think real love is telling someone who is lost they're not lost. Telling them it's okay. Listen, we are to seek out those lost. The gospel of Jesus to an ungodly culture. It's yes, telling them God loves them. Yes, telling them God cares for them. But it's also letting them know that they're lost. Letting them know Jesus has a different life. Listen, having a conversation about God. Listen, God transformed my life. He saved me. I'm not lost anymore. This is what Jesus has called us to do. To stand and to reach. Verse 8 says, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, there's somebody in the crowd be like, <clears throat> yeah, you cheated me. What do you mean anybody? Yeah. But they knew it. And he says, if I've cheated anybody, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, now look at this, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For. Now look at this, verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's why he came. Yes, we are Called to create guardrails in our lives. Young people, listen, we, we, young people, parents, you need to understand. You're called to create guardrails. Like our kids, our minds, they're still, be, they're still, they are very impressionable. And so when a teacher tells them one thing that's opposite of the word of God, no, we say, uh-uh, no, that's not true. Yes, we we have we have areas of influence. We we are careful where we let them go and the voices that are speaking to their lives. You said, no, I, I just don't want to keep my child in a bubble. Well, do you lock your door at night? Do, do, you, do you care what they watch? Do you care what they listen to? Yes. Why? Well, because they're impressionable. Exactly. So we have to be careful. We have to use wisdom. But you have to understand. It's for the purpose so that our young people can have a call of God to preach the gospel, to reach their friends, to understand that they are to stand. And they need their parents to say, hang on, this is right, this is wrong, this is the word. Come on, let's keep reaching people and standing together. That's what God's called you as parents to do, all of us. And the reality is this. People are lost. But the church has lost its authority and credibility, to be able to point to another way because we look just like the world. But we're coming to a season that, you know, we felt God kind of, listen, it's time. Come on, knock it off. I want, I want you to be a light. I want you to be a, a guiding light on the backdrop of a, of, a, of a dark demonic agenda and world. That's why he saved you. He called you to be light. He's called you to reach the hurting and the broken. He has a mission and a purpose for you. He has called you to reach the lost. That's what he's at. It's what he's done. The purpose of believers is to share, to have conversations, to say, hey, what do you think about God? You don't have to stand up on a table and preach, have a conversation. What do you think about God? Don't assume that you know that they don't want to hear. Don't assume that they're not worthy. Hey, what do you think? You don't believe in him, but you know I do. He's transformed my life. He's changed me. Listen, God has called us to move the kingdom forward. God has called us to be people of light. God has called us to be the ones who reach the world. There is no, now listen, this is this, I want you to catch this. There is no other option to reach the lost people of the world than us. There's no other option. And I think every, every generation, there's, you know, these, these swings of church culture. And it's, it's, at one point it was, we four, no more, the world's our enemy. Nope, you got to dress like this, cut your hair, you know, don't do this, don't wear that. It was all this over, like, nope, no, no it, was be, it was all about performance and behavior. Then the church culture swings to this side. It's just grace, 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 grace. They don't ever articulate what a Christian life is to be like. So people are saved, but then they are seduced by the agenda of the world. Because pastors and teachers don't say, hey, hey, listen, the word of God is our guide. And when we do, the in this contains the words of life. Yeah, but pastor, I have a, I have a desire for this. Well, listen, let, let's, let's see what a real man's desire should Well, actually, this is what it says. So who defines you, your desires or the Lord Jesus Christ? So therefore we submit and we walk it out. See, they didn't have that voice because we were afraid. Pastors were afraid that their church wouldn't grow. So they allowed the different agendas and the different things to come in and they allowed their families to to fall apart because no one brought clarity to say, come on, man of God, stand up and be a man. Come on, woman of God, follow the word of God. Come on, families, let's actually walk in a lifestyle that's fruitful, that gives us life, that allows us to go to bed at night and say, praise God. That allows us to stand and to reach, to be a light in the midst of the darkness, to be a lighthouse on the storms of life when people's lives are broken and hurting and they look up and there's the church. And we are standing with open arms saying, well, come on. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting to receive you. I've been waiting to tell you about Jesus. It's one or the other. It's either we got Christians who d- nobody even knows they're Christians. And they're propagating sin. I, I just, It just blows my mind that we receive the forgiveness of Jesus. The shed blood, he comes and takes upon the, the, the wrath of God. He takes upon what like what we deserved, God's idea to send his son because he loved us so much. And then Jesus' bride says, It's okay. Jesus, I got this. I know what I, I know what really is truthful. Just like People who are around Jesus, they they question Jesus' judgment. I, listen, I know that key is better than you. Then here, Christians who have been saved and redeemed. Their lives have been paid for by the blood of Jesus. They don't belong to themselves. Say, hang on, Jesus, I know better than you. It's it is it is tragic. And it's time, church, that this isn't condemning. It's time for us to be like, you know what? The Bible's right. And I'm okay with what it says. God's looking for Daniels to stand and to reach. To stand and to reach. God's looking for believers who who can embrace the call of God to reach the lost and the hurting. Who are distinct. Who are different. Who has authority to say God has a different way. You say God has a different way. and And if the world says, well, how come you're not following it? There's a problem. God calls us. Now listen. The answer to the broken world around us isn't change their behavior, isn't try to get them to, be, to act like Christians before Jesus saves their lives. Jesus first. We share him. Her, their lifestyle doesn't matter without Jesus. First, it's Jesus. Hey, let me tell you of a Savior... Who saved me, who transformed me, who gave me a new heart. And then from Jesus, from his spirit in them, they begin to be shaped into the image of Christ. We begin to walk with them on the journey of following Jesus. But you cannot put the beliefs of the word on someone who doesn't even know Jesus. You can't, don't talk about their behavior, talk about their lost heart, their lostness. The truth is, when people are lost, they don't know they're lost because they're lost. And when they realize they're lost, they don't know how to get back. It's like a driver driving down to listen to the radio, having a good time, missing the exit, you just keep going. All of a sudden, that lostness makes you disoriented. He's in a place he never planned to be. Most people who, the culture told them, this is what you need to be, this is real, this is gonna satisfy you. Precious people that have been deceived by a demonic agenda over their lives find themselves at some point disoriented. And broken and hurting. But just like someone driving, he he started with the journey with confidence, but now he's uncertain. But this is what happens when you're lost. You don't know how you got there. And so you don't even know how you can go back because you're lost. You can't go forwards, you can't go backwards with any confidence because you don't know if it's the right direction. And you're lost and you're disoriented. It's in these moments like Jesus comes to the spot. He looks up to Zacchaeus, who's lost, disoriented, his life isn't satisfied. He says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come on, I'm going to your house. And Zacchaeus gladly and immediately responds. Jesus saw what man did not see it was a heart that realized, I'm lost. And the fact is this is with Even society and what the world does is this. And I'll close with this. Because we're all prideful. When you're lost, you grit your teeth and you just keep going because you think if I act like I'm not lost, that'll help me not be lost. Or I then surround myself with a bunch of lost people who tell each other, hey, we're not lost, we're not lost, we're not lost. But that's what it's like to be spiritually lost. We're all apart from Christ. We cannot determine how we got here and we can't determine how we find our way out. We are lost. We are surprised when we're lost by our spiritual location. We are empty and we realize actually this emptiness has been there all along. We wanna go home but we don't know where home is. Church, that's when you reach. You say, you know God loves you and you're lost without Him. Lost people in your life, friends, they cannot find their way because of sin. That's why Jesus saved you, to reach out to them. We're gonna stand and we're gonna reach. God has placed you exactly where you are to be, and the location where you need to be. God has called you to tell them how to get home, and they turn to you because you look different, and your life is different, and how you, how you, how you talk is different, how you live is different. You will be rejected, though. I promise you. There, are, there will be people in your life that you will begin to tell them about God and All of a sudden, you'll see the light bulb go on. They're gonna realize, I'm lost. You don't know what was in their minds the night before, the emptiness of their hearts. Listen, listen, friends. Don't believe the lie that people consumed in culture are satisfied. They are not. They know it. They are looking for hope, and friends, you've got the hope that they need. We are to stand, we're to be strong, we're not to compromise in an ungodly culture, but we are to partner with the mission of God to reach and save those who are lost around us. That's the season we're in, church. We are in a season of serving. Listen, Jesus called us to reach When he saved you, he filled you with his spirit and his power. Yes, to create church is biblical. To create the teaching that we come and gather, yes. To have Christian education that shapes the hearts and minds of young men and women and spares them from the agenda of the world so that then they can reach the world. Yes, we're called to do this. But the spirit that God put in you is just not for you. Just to be and to just keep being and keep learning and keep eating. You know that spirit in you is so that you can be a witness. Acts 1.8 says this. If we have it on here. It says this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, the Spirit in you, is so you can be a witness. There was church culture when it says Spirit in, in you is so that you can overcome sin. Yes, it is. But it's to stand, but also to reach. Friends, God has a mission for you. Regardless of your age, regardless of, of where you are, He has a mission for you. It's time we walk in it and accept it. It's time that we stand and we reach. We stand and we reach. We do it through friendship. We do it through conversation. We do not do it through compromise. That is not what God's called you to do. That you are to reject sin. You're to flee from the devil. You're not to to surround yourselves with people who teach certain things. I I know through this series people have left our church. Because... It made them uncomfortable that there was a distinction between the Bible and the culture. Friends, God can do a lot more with people who say, Lord, I will honor you with my life and I will reach the broken world around me than those who are gonna compromise. My heart goes out to them and their children and their families. But I promise you this, like I said earlier, Those who reject the truth of God's word, those who interject culture over the truth of God are those who will be swallowed and their whole purpose of life will be nullified because they bow to culture. A reminder today, those who did not bow disappeared in history. Excuse me, those who did bow disappeared in history. Those who did not, Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego changed it. We need some history changers. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for your kindness and your grace to us. Thank you, God, for the call. Thank you, God, for your, your word that establishes us. Lord, we give you our lives today. Lord, today we ask you to forgive us for Riding off people that we thought us too far. God, I pray that our expectation would be the same as yours. Our will be the same as yours. That no one would perish. That no one would be deceived. Lord, today we step into our rightful call and position as people who stand and people who reach. Lord, today we thank you that you've spoken to us clearly through you. And God, today I embrace the call to reach. Teach me and show me how. Help me to embody your spirit that has empowered me to be a witness for your sake. Lord, anoint our families that they would stand and may they hear the call. To reach. May we not look at those around us who are so different and so consumed with culture that we dismiss them. May we step out in faith and just share with them, love them. May we not try to change their behavior, but may we engage with how you want to change their hearts first. Lord, we stand for truth and we love you. May we be used to reach the hurting, and the broken, and the lost. Just remain with your heads bowed for a moment if you're here today and you recognize that you were lost. You have been consumed and confused and you had a moment of clarity and you want to receive forgiveness and you want to become A son of God or a daughter of God today. That's you here today. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hands right now. Just raise it before the Lord. Thank you. 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 Hands all over. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Put your hands down. I'm going to lead you into prayer. The Bible says that this moment of clarity right now is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But it says those who believe... That Jesus is the son of God. He died and rose again. And you put your faith in him, you will be saved. Romans 10 walks you right through that. And we're going to pray. And this is just an acknowledgement of what God is already doing in your heart right now. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for showing me that I'm lost. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead, and I give you my life today. Take my life and use me in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. Bless you all. If you gave your life to Jesus, um, right in front of you your Connect card. If you can fill that out, check that box. It says, give my life to Jesus. Drop it off in the white buckets when you leave. Also, if you have a prayer request, anybody, you can write on that same thing and drop it off in the white buckets. Let's all stand to our feet. I love you all. I'm grateful for you. We're on a fun journey. I'm excited for what God has for us as a church and for you as well. Amen. If you can, not just lift your hands to the Lord so I can pray for you. Father, bless our people. Lead them, guide them, shape them. God, everyone joining us online, may you speak to them right now. And the call as we receive it today, to respond to you, to follow you, to be people who stand and people who reach, people who are humble when they fall and get back up and ask for forgiveness, and people who reach out to those around them. May we know today that we aren't the answer. We're just a beggar telling another beggar where to get bread, and we found that in Jesus Christ. Bless our people. Lead us. Guide us. Anoint us to be what you called us to be. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen.